Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Good morning. My name's Steve Potter. This is my wife, Ilona. Um, we've uh, had the privilege of being involved with this church for a number of years. For those of you who don't know us, many of you, of you do. So uh, it's, it's just great to be here. And uh, I have the privilege of being able to share with you. We've known Chad and Jay and many members of this congregation for, for a long time. It's always been a great privilege to be able to be here. Uh, my uh, privilege this morning is to take you on to uh, another aspect of, of this series, which is called Let Us. Not Let Us. And, uh, and, and talk about more around, around community. So that's what we're going we're gonna to focus on, on this morning. So I'm just going to quickly pray and, and we'll move on. Father, we thank you that you have called us to a lifestyle and a life of community. We thank you for your goodness toward us. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here today. And my prayer, Father, is that uh, you would illuminate our hearts, our minds, our physical bodies that we may go from this place with fresh revelation, not necessarily from what I say, but from what you speak to the hearts and minds of people right now in Jesus' name, that uh, we would go from this place with a greater uh, understanding of the dimensions of your character, your nature, and also your love and goodness. And Father, I just pray blessing on the, the hearers this morning, for those who listen to the audio, that Father, that there would be a, a, an impact that would come through your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I need my glasses. Come let us see. Yeah, you're doing that one? You did come let us, uh, a whole bunch of other things. So you've, you've been looking at um, uh, come let us build, come let us worship. I didn't know what let us worship was, but anyway. Come let us uh, tell God's stories, which has been awesome to hear some this morning. Come let us listen. I believe that is one of the most important aspects of kingdom life, is learning to listen. I was also preached by one of my good friends, Jay, so I thought I'd plug that one. Uh, go and listen to the, the, the podcast. Such an important aspect of, of our Christian life is to hear God. True. Yeah? A few of you were excited about that? I want to encourage you that that is one of the most important things, as I will share from some of the, my, my stories here, that we can do is, is learn the capacity or the ability to be able to hear what God is saying. And so if you have difficulty in that, then I would encourage you to listen to that because faith comes by hearing God. Direction comes by hearing God. When we hear God, then we have clarity, we have often instruction, we have a capacity to be able to do things which are beyond our own natural selves. And so I really want to commend that one. Also, let us welcome, welcoming people here. We've been welcoming people today. We're not allowed to do certain things. Nowadays, according to the Australian government, shake hands, hug, kiss, well, all those sort of things. So, uh, you know, maybe we should use the Australian greeting, which is sort of like this, you know, keeping the flies off. Um, do something, but uh, engage with one another as you come into, into this place. Today, I want to touch on covenant community. This might be different to what you may have heard, uh, but I believe it is also the foundation of much of what you've already listened to or you, you've been discussing over the recent weeks. The scripture that uh, Chad encouraged me in was out of Genesis chapter 31 verse 40, 44, 
I'm just going to touch on it. Uh, it's the story about Jacob who had gone into uh, an area and he had met his father-in-law and uh, he'd married two of his daughters, the whole story there. And then he had decided to flee because he feared for his safety and his life and so they'd run away. Laban came after him, who was his father-in-law, uh, and was going to, there was going to be a conflict uh, and then God spoke to Laban and said, do not say anything bad or good to Jacob uh, because obviously there was a, a covenant through what had happened through his father, Abraham and Isaac. And so rather than there being a com conflict, what there was, was a discussion and then uh, some reconciliation and then an agreement made in regards to their, their ongoing relationship. And it says in, in verse 44 of chapter 31 of Genesis, come now, this is Laban speaking, let us make a covenant, you and I, uh, let it serve as a witness between us. Okay, so covenant itself is an agreement. It's not like a contract, as I'll share in, in a minute, but it's something where there's an agreement that is made, but also there is a witness that speaks eternally for these types of covenants that between two individuals or two groups. Does that make sense? So I just want to bounce off of that and share some things. This is not so much a teach, but I'm really just sharing some of my story and also sharing some thoughts that I've had in regard to this, and I hope that this is helpful. I don't I'm really I'm too concerned if you agree with me in every aspect. Just pray that God would illuminate things to your heart, and then you'll also gain knowledge as well. But what I'd like you to do, my desire is that in my sharing, that you would engage with God, go and talk to Him about stuff, and then allow Him to take you on a journey, as He has done in my life, to bring revelation, all right? It might be slightly different to me. That is not a problem. God is much bigger than how I feel about what you do with what I'm sharing. Just a little bit about my story. As a young person, okay, so I once upon a time was a young person. There was a photograph of me when I was a lot younger. Maybe we need a new photograph. It's a nice one of my wife. She always looks the same, but um, I certainly look a little bit older than that one. As a young person, I had become relatively self-sufficient. I had a Volkswagen Combi camper van. Wish I still had it. Probably worth about 100 grand now. But anyway, I had money. I had a good job. Uh, I had time. I was consistently traveling. I had a surfboard. Actually, I had two. I had a pair of binoculars, which was great for going, looking at wildlife. I had friends, and I had a healthy relationship with my heavenly father. And I also had a healthy dose of uh, self-contentment. I was pretty well self-satisfied. I had my life pretty well ordered and organized. There was very little that I actually required. I was actually contemplating about doing mission trips into Africa. I'd lived in Africa for a period of time, so there was a gravitation to that area. That was my life. So I was a young man, very self-sufficient, very self-content, and it wasn't a problem. And then God spoke to me one day, and he said, said Steve, if you're going to go to Africa, are you willing to go alone? And my immediate response was, of course. What do you think, God? Why would you ask me such a silly question? Would I be prepared to go, I'm alone, I don't want to take anybody else with me. Other people are annoying. Why would I want to do that? You know, then I thought maybe God wanted me to be kind and maybe take a few people with me so they could experience my life. You know, that would be kind, I thought. And then, and then there was silence from heaven. I thought that was interesting. And then God asked me again sometime later. He said, would you be interested in, in going to Africa? Yes. A missionary? Yes. Would you be, pre be prepared to go on your own? And I was a little bit less sure 
because I was getting the same question. And I said, yeah, well, I would be interested in going alone, maybe not for the same reasons that we talked about last time, because obviously that didn't work, because you're asking me the question again. And then there was silence. And then a third time, God came to me, and he said, Steve, if you're going to go and do something like this, would you be prepared to go alone? Now, I've learned to hear God is important, but also to respond uh, in different ways uh, brings about an illumination of what God wants, what, really, what He really wants to say. And I'm going, okay, if you're asking me a third time, probably my first answers weren't correct. So help me to uh, understand what my answer should be. As people in Scripture have always said, you know, Ezekiel, when he said, you know, God said, can these bones live? He was a very clever man because he said, only you know. So I used that technique. I said, God, only you know if I'm prepared to go by myself. And he took me on a journey, which was a very interesting journey, of where he, he deconstructed my self-reliance and my individualism, which I had created because of circumstances in my life, and he brought me to a place where I got a revelation that I needed others around me to empower me to be able to be the best me that I could be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, so I want to use this as an example to talk to you about covenant community because I believe it is one of the most powerful things that we can be as the church, particularly in seasons like this. What a great time to be alive. True. What a great time to be a believer in God. Amen. I don't know, we were talking about it on the way down, I do not know what it would be like to be in the context of today's challenges without some assurance of the gospel of Jesus, of the good news, of the kingdom of God and how it has uh, eternal ramifications. I don't know what that would be like. And I understand why some people live in a place of anxiety. I don't, I've never been there uh, in that situation, well, not, not for a very long time anyway. We get the privilege of being change agents in our community so that when people ask us questions, how is it that you're so secure? How is it that you're not anxious? How is it that you're, you're not responding and buying up 40,000 rolls of toilet paper? How is it that you're, you're, you're not uh, doing these things? And, and we have an opportunity to be able to share our story with people. I remember uh, one time there was uh, something going on in the world. can't remember what it was. I think it was, oh, I think it was the ISIS thing. Uh, when that first first happened, and I was speaking to my bank teller, and she said, "Wow, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment." She said, "You know, what's what's going on in the world?" And I said, "How long have you got?" And and sh and she quickly went, and then went back to her work and and tried to dismiss me as quick as possible because she knew that I had something of an answer to a question, but she wasn't ready for it right then. And so we have a privilege in this time and 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 hour to be able to uh, make difference in the world around us. Can you say amen? amen? Even if you don't believe it, just say amen because as a witness between us, hopefully you'll come into a greater revelation of what that means. I've just come back from Ethiopia, which is a country in Africa, if you don't know. That was an interesting experience. And uh, I, I was working, I'd like to say I was on a mission trip, but uh, I wasn't. I was on a, a wildlife tour where I was taking people to see the wildlife. Uh, I did see a number of um, uh, colobus monkeys raise their hands to uh, accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Uh, we had a meeting and uh, the Holy Spirit came and all the hyenas started laughing, just messed the meeting up. No, that's not true. Uh, so part of my role uh, as a person, I take people on wildlife tours. Supposed to be going to Costa Rica next month. Not sure whether that's going to happen now with our current situation. But 
I could live in a realm of uh, fear or anxiety because you've got to get on planes and there's people, other people there and all those sort of things. And, and I've just learnt after many years of, of travel and um, um, just doing life that uh, we can get all worried about these sort of things, but if we just learn to put our trust and our faith in God, then things seem to work out, all right? And it's living in that place of confidence in Him that, uh, that, that we have the ability to be able to encourage others around us with the good news of what Jesus has for us. Can you say amen? All right. So that's a little bit of my, my story. Um, not, not long out of, out of interest, not long after I went through this uh, 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 thing that God took me through to, to rid myself of self-resilience and self-reliance, that was when I met my beautiful wife and I recognized that I needed someone like her in my life, particularly her. I think she's the, the best one that could have come along. Anyway, um, and, so, and so, uh, so that's been part of my journey, and I'm glad that he brought her to me after that event rather than before, because it may have been a different outcome. All right, but there's something in the nature and the character of God, in the, in the covenant that we make um, uh, to one another that can also be replicated or we can use as, as, a, as an understanding of, of the covenant of marriage. And so this is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this morning. So you're doing, I think you're doing a marriage course at the moment, or you will be, or uh, is it, yeah? Okay, cool. So it's probably something that which, which is, uh, for those of you who are doing the marriage course, and for those of you who aren't, it's something that will um, hopefully encourage you. Marriage itself, Paul uses this as an illustration, Ephesians, the Apostle Paul uses it as an illustration, Ephesians chapter 5, but, but marriage itself is a, real, a realization, and you may not know this, but this, for those of you who are married, this may come as a surprise to you, but it's true, all right? Um, in, in our engagement with our spouse, we get a revelation that this is the person that we choose to commit our life to, falling in love, I don't know what that actually means, but anyway... Um, you see these romantic things on television where you fall in love. You know, I don't know. I, I, we, just, we just met each other and went, this is a good thing. I think she's awesome. Um, uh, Might have been a little bit different from her point of view. Probably took her a little while to warm up to me, but I was keen right from the start. Um, and, so, and so we went on a journey, and then I realized that this is the person who I want to commit myself to. Okay? Um, later on, we verbalized that thing to, to, to another person. To that person, I did that to a loner. I verbalized to her that I was very keen and that I wanted to, uh, I loved her and that we wanted to get married. And so I popped the question uh, and we made an agreement to each other of commitment. Okay? So that was, that was another stage. Then we made a public declaration. Our public declaration was on the 13th of December in 1986 where I said to her, in front of a whole bunch of people, some things which I believed to be helpful in those days. I don't know whether we would have used those words now, but we probably would have changed them. They were a little bit religious, but anyway. Um, and we made an agreement, and what I've come to re uh, recognize is that we made an agreement, not just to each other, but we also made an agreement to God, and we also made an agreement to people. Okay, uh, and so in this world of rampant individualism and my rights and it's all about me, 
I think we need to recognize that in kingdom life, um, that has no place. Has God loved us and saved us as an individual? Yes. But what has He brought us into which makes a difference? And I believe that He's brought us into relationship and covenant community as part of His plan for our life. All right? Okay, a few people agreed, but anyway, I will keep going. All right, so I made a public declaration, and then we have to live out our life in all of these spheres. As a believer, it's the same thing. We get a revelation from God that Jesus is Lord. Many of you have had that. Amen? Uh, that's our self. Then we verbalize that fact. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Okay, so there is a verbalization that we make that Jesus is Lord. If you've never had that opportunity, I would love to be able to pray for you this morning so that you can, because it has inherent power to be able to transform your life. Then we make a public declaration. That can include baptism. Baptism is a public declaration where we get up and we say, I, Steve Potter, am choosing to submit my life to the eternal King of Kings, the God of the heavens, the creator of the universe, and I am choosing to live my life in, uh, in accordance with His will and plan. And then we have to live it out. So there's a direct correlation between what we do in marriage as what we do in our individual lives with Jesus. And both of them, I believe, is covenant, okay? What covenant is? Covenant is not a contract. Covenant, uh, a contract is when you make an agreement as two separate parties that you would operate in a certain way, all right? And if one of you does not uh, uh, adhere to the contract, then the contract can be broken and you are free from your commitment. True, all right? That's not covenant. Covenant is where we, where we come together and we say to each other, as we did on our marriage, I'm committing myself to you. But I'm committing myself to you in the presence of God and in the presence of these here witnesses. Which means I need help from God to empower me to be able to do everything that I've said in my vows. And I also need the help of people to empower me to do what I've said in my vows. Does that make sense? Okay, so when people say it's my wedding, we go, actually, it's not your wedding. It's your wedding to a sort, but it actually involves community. You cannot have a wedding devoid of community. True. You cannot have salvation devoid of community. Does that make sense? So this is the revelation that I've come on. And so when we, when we come into a revelation of Jesus Christ and we make a commitment to Him as our King of kings and Lord of lords, what we're doing is we're submitting ourselves to His inherent design, which is within us, which says, I am committed to my fellow people. All right? And so individualism has no place in kingdom life. Individuals do, but it's integrated in this thing called covenant community. So when I accepted Jesus as Lord as, as Saviour, I relinquished my right to individualism and I had to learn to embrace the, the corporate community because without you, I cannot be me as God has created me to be. Each and every person on the planet, I believe, has been designed that way. And so when people don't meet Jesus... They try to fulfill that 
thing with it, which is inherent within them by filling it with other voids, okay? Which is why people join gangs, because they find identity and acceptance in those areas. It's why people uh, often have strange appearance, um, because they find identity in that sort of place. And heaven forbid, it's why people even play cricket. Um, uh, because they, fire, fire, they find a dent, uh, uh, sorry, uh, cricket just is beyond me, I don't understand it, I'm a surfer, and so it's just one of those things. My brothers play cricket, they're all very good at it, those genes were completely wasted um, on them, I got none of it, um, and so going down the beach was, was, my, was my, um, my thing. And so uh, we, we have this, uh, in, this, this inherent in, uh, thing within us that God has created us for community, Okay, so when we um, resist that, what we're doing is we're resisting God's inherent nature that He's placed within us as as people, uh, which often will cause us some harm and some bruising and some challenge. And so uh, I want to encourage you this morning, uh, as best I can, to, to take hold of the reality that God has created you for community. And when you accepted Jesus, you didn't just accepted Him, you've accepted the community in which He's placed you in. Now, the good thing about that is He's given us local communities to work that out, which is called our local church. True? All right, so we get the privilege of being able to flesh that out in an environment which which is safe. But it's not just for this community, it's for the community at large. And so I've been hearing this morning great testimonies and encouragement about we are here for a greater purpose, not just to engage with each other and have a nice, nice little happy marriage, but, 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 uh, but uh, our, our togetherness or our engagement of, corporate com- uh, of covenant community, sorry, I use the word corporate, but I don't like that word, um, of covenant community is there so that we can be effective. All right, so Noni and I, uh, we have been effective to some point in certain things. And so we've had kids, that was interesting. Um, we've, uh, uh, we've, we've created wealth, uh, which is a good thing. Um, we've uh, pastored churches, we've done run businesses, we've traveled overseas. Uh, all of those things are surplus to the reality of, of our relationship, Okay. But we recognize that our relationship is not there because we're good at it. We recognize our relationship is where it is, is because God's good at it and He's placed us in an environment where we may grow and flourish. Does that make sense? Early in our marriage, kids were young. I just resigned from work. Wasn't a clever thing, but I thought it was fun. Um, And I uh, was going to start a business. Took three years to start the business. We got a lot of money when I left. Uh, my workplace, spent that in about eight months. That wasn't much fun. Um, And so we were in a situation where we had no money, we had the pressure of kids, we were both working a couple of jobs each and uh, we were like ships in the night passing through uh, as, as, uh, as we do because I was working night shift and day shift and trying to start a business and Noni was working day shift and anyway. It wasn't that great. Wasn't a great time of our life. And we were out of fellowship because we'd, our church that we'd been involved with had sort of fallen apart. And so we recognized that we needed community. And so God in His wisdom placed us in a, in a, in a place where we finally got uh, engaged with some people who have become lifelong friends. And uh, what I noticed is that we didn't raise our kids ourselves, we raised our kids as a community. All right? 
You can't, you can't have a marriage without community. It doesn't work. You can't have kids without community because, it's imp- because you need community interaction to, in- to, to, to raise kids. You can't have church without community. Does that all make sense? Cool. All right. Is this clear? All right. Um, if we neglect the reality of covenant community, we miss the full expression of God's plans and purposes in our lives. So I talked about what covenant is. Um, uh, the fullness of, here's an interesting point, the fullness of our inheritance, okay, or the fullness of, of everything that we do, how many of you know that we are here actually to do stuff, yeah. all right, not just to exist, all right, God doesn't want us to, to exist, He wants us to thrive, okay, so we've been hearing about Jehovah, we've read um, Psalm 91, Jehovah, uh, or well, no, El Shaddai, okay, a lot of people know, or have got to know God as Jehovah Jireh, which is the provider, We're happy with provision. But are we really happy with the El Shaddai, which is the God of plenty, the God of the abundance, the all-sufficient one? Um, Do we really recognize God as the God of abundance? Do we live in that place? Do we recognize that God wants to empower us with His abundance so that we may be able to be effective beyond our own natural self? So individualism says, I've got enough for me and that's okay. Kingdom mindset says, I serve a God who's the El Shaddai, the God of the abundance, which means He has provision for me, not just for myself, but so that I can interact and empower and bless others that uh, I have the privilege of engaging with. Amen? Everybody heard of the Abrahamic covenant, Uh, Genesis chapter 12, where it says, says, uh, if you go to a land that I will send you, uh, speaking to Abraham, I will bless you, and I will bless all nations through you, and uh, you will be blessed, and you will be a blessing, all right? That is the inherent nature of God speaking. I believe that covenant has passed cleanly through the cross of, of Calvary and is still available in, as our inheritance today. And so we need to recognize, or we, I would encourage you to recognize that God is the God of the abundance and wants to empower us so that we can be influencers in our world. Make sense? Cool. All right. Um, but recognize also that the, the, the future of, or the fulfillment of, of our inheritance is multifaceted, that's a good word, and multi-generational. What do I mean by that? Well, everything you do influences people in your current sphere of, um, of engagement. Everybody happy with that? All right. But also, everything that you do influences the sphere of generations to come. True. Uh, Acts chapter 2, the promise that was made about the Holy Spirit coming was, this is for you, your children, your children's children, and for all those who are far off. Okay, that's, that's, that's the reality in which we live in. But even more than that, everything we do affects those of, who have come before us. Ah, what do I mean by that? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39 to 40, uh, talking about people of faith, these were all commended, people about, talking about people who had lived and died. All right, so they're no longer alive on this planet, but they are alive in the eternal realm. Uh, These are all commended for their faith, yet none of them received all that had been promised, since God had planned something better 
for us so that only together, like that word, with us, um, would they be made perfect. All right? So everything that we do has the, the, um, uh, the knock-on or the ongoing effect of being able to perfect the work that others have done in, in previous generations. And so when you get a revelation of that, you suddenly recognize that there's some responsibility to how we live our lives and how we operate um, in, in, the, in the realm in which we are. All right, um, let me have a look at the time. A couple of quick things and then I'm going to finish with a story. Uh, how does this work? Well, it works. Is, is this clear? All right. Um, so how does it work? It works in the area of, of relationships. I could have been self-sufficient and that would have produced very little. But we are called to be fruitful and, according to Genesis chapter 1, to multiply. That's the first blessing that God did to the first human beings on the planet, as we know. He blessed them, Adam and Eve. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and bring it under the domain of the kingdom realm. That's my translation of that passage of Scripture. And so they had a responsibility, and we too also have a responsibility. How do we do that as individuals? Yes, but we do it as individuals that are covenanted together because we've made a covenant. When we met Jesus, we made a covenant, and that included all of you guys. True? And it gives us the capacity to be able to be who it is that He's called us to be. So we do it in, in, out of relationships uh, as we work together because God has placed various gifts and talents within each and every one of us. Some of the reasons why we pull away from relationships, there's a whole bunch of them, but here's a few. One is from fear. Fear of rejection, fear of exposure, fear of failure. These are all things that may cause us to pull away from relationships. It could have been from abuse, particularly in our formative years uh, as young people. It could be from insecurity. It could be from... Um, uh, uh, like I had a probably a, an over-expanded sense of, of, of self-reliance, self, uh, um, which probably came out of insecurity. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Um, but, uh, but none of them I've discovered are helpful. True. And God has not created those things within us. They are not fruits of the Spirit. It's not love, insecurity, uh, depression and those sort of things. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are the ways of God. And so if we are responding or reacting out of those things, I want to encourage you to find a way in which you may be able to get, be able to get free from those things. You might say to me, well, Steve, you don't know what I've been through. That is true, but you don't know what I've been through. So there we go. We're at a stalemate. <laughs> at the end of the day, do you wish to remain offended? Do you wish to remain insecure or do you wish to be effective in the ministry that God has placed you on this planet to be able to do? My awareness of this understanding of that we are inherently joined together keeps me from free from offense and bitterness. And let me let you know, I've had plenty of opportunities to be offended and to be bitter. But fortunately, I have a wife who encourages me and says, um, that's not helpful, I think you need to deal with that. And so I, I do. So, uh, so anyway. All right. Um, being part of a community is how we're created. Every fiber in our body is designed for community, individualism, and in direct contrast to our design. And so to pursue that can actually cause us damage. All right. Um, 
Why are we joined together? Well, one reason is because there's power in agreement. All right, Bible talks about agreement in many areas. One passage of Scripture, particularly Matthew chapter 18, says, again, truly I tell you that where two on earth agree about anything they ask for, it shall be done by the, uh, for them by my Father in heaven. Okay, now that, that has been taken out of context in various circles. I had a friend, uh, still have a friend, who was um, a, a, a big believer in the word of faith. All right, I'm also a big believer in the word of faith, but I have context to it. Okay, I think sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater and I wish more people were great believers in words of faith because I think we'd see more happen. But he was one of these guys who uh, believed that whatever you confess was going to happen. And we went fishing one day and he was quite wealthy and I took $20 with me to be able to pay for petrol and realised that probably wouldn't have even started his boat. He had two massive motors on the back of it. Anyway, we went out, we went fishing. He said, Steve, how many fish are you going to believe for? And I said, no, I don't know. And he said, that's not a positive confession. I'm believing for 11. Well, I caught three and he caught one. Um, so I, I just let my, my, my works, you know, speak louder than, and, than his words. Anyway, um, but I do believe in, in, in the, the power of public confession because it says, what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your heart and is in your mouth. That is the word of faith that we profess. That if you believe, uh, believe in your heart that God, so if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised, raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But it also can be translated into areas where, where that's, that word saved is you can be healed, you can be financially successful, you can build on those other aspects of the God's kingdom through the same principle. Does that make sense? And so hearing God and, and being in agreement, the, the agreement isn't an intellectual agreement, the, the agreement is a witness by the Holy Spirit that when God speaks to two or more people and we agree, there's a, there's a power of agreement, you can sense that God is on this, that as we make proclamation or declaration or pray into situations that we can believe that we can see things happen. All right, so there's incredible power in agreement, which is why, as an individual, we don't have that capacity. Also, through multiplication. Every person on the planet, I believe, has the inbuilt capacity to be able to lead others in some area. How do I know that? Well, because Genesis 1.28 says it, be fruitful and multiply. That word multiply means to be able to take others on a journey to empower them to do something similar to what you're doing and hopefully release them into a greater level of capacity. When Paul said to um, uh, Timothy, I believe it is, I have to get the passage of Scripture, uh, where, he, where he says, you know, uh, uh, imitate me. Um, actually, was it Paul? I have to get the... Or was it in... Yeah, 1 Corinthians 11 where Paul was writing to the Corinthians. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He wasn't saying, imitate me and you stay back there while I'm imitating Christ, you imitate me. What he was saying was he was coming alongside, which is like the Holy Spirit, come alongside. See how I'm imitating Christ? That is also how you imitate Christ. Are you aware? Okay, I'm imitating Christ. That's it, you imitate Christ. And then eventually we release people to be able to go and imitate Christ in their own sphere of influence and their capacity. Does that make sense? And so every single one of us has the ability, the unique capacity, there is a gifting within us that has the ability to be able to inspire and to empower and to be able to bring others into the fulfillment of what God has for them. Amen? And I trust that you as a church, as a covenant community who's made a covenant with God and in that process have made a covenant with each other, 
uh, grab hold of people in your context, and if you need some training, find them. Not just worship leading, which is awesome. Not just kids' church, which is awesome. Not just preaching, which is also awesome. Or some people are awesome. Um, Jay's awesome. I have a crack. Um, uh, but be able to get people in, in, in the area of, of being able to manage your finances and being able to raise kids and being able to engage with community and be able to preach the gospel uh, in a way which is not weird so that people out there can get a, get a revelation of who Jesus really is through you. Does that make sense? All right. It may be showing people how to change the tire of your car. I don't know what it is. But you've got skills and you've got gifts that God has placed inherently in you that has the ability to be able to be transferred to another person to empower them to be able to release them into the effectiveness of what God has for them. Do you believe that? Hopefully you do. All right. Um, my last story and then, and that can include finances. I was going to talk a little bit about finances, but for the sake of time, I won't. Um, uh, how do we do this one-on-one -on -one is one way. It doesn't have to be formal. It can be just sharing your life. I think some of that is, is, is so... so um, uh, uh, we, we don't see the value of it as much, of just having coffees with people and saying, hey, do you want to, just, you want to catch up? I just want to share something of my life. It's not going to cost you a cent. I'll pay, pay, pay for your coffee. I just, want to, I just want to invest some time in you. Now, they might think that's a little bit strange. Maybe wait for them to come to you. Don't be shy. Go to, go to people and say, you know, if you've got time, if you've got, I see something in you that, that, that I, I, I'm passionate about and I want to learn, all right, because we can always continue to learn, all right? Um, whatever it is your strength is, health, relationships, conflict resolution, that's a really big one in, in this world today, conflict resolution. A lot of people have no idea how to resolve conflict. One of the greatest challenges in, in uh, household disharmony is because people actually don't know how to resolve conflict. It's not that you avoid conflict, it's how you resolve it that makes the difference. True? Whatever passion you're good at, get some runs on the board, do it with all your strength and help others to do the same. What else have you got to do? Go surfing, play cricket? I don't know. But there's far greater calling and weight on every single one of you that has the ability to be able to transform others through this amazing thing called covenant community. Last story, and then I'm going to finish. All right? I think that's your cue, Malcolm. Some years ago, I don't know when it was actually, 2009. 2009, um, Noni and I had been leading a church for 10 years, and we'd, we'd handed that church over, and we were having a bit of a holiday in Phuket, Thailand, and I was walking along the beach, and I was just having a chat with God, and uh, I said, God, I'm still very young, uh, I think I was 47 at the time, 46, and I said, I said, at my age, most people I know that are around me are complaining that they never got to do this, they never got to do that, the kids came along and I didn't have a chance to do this, and my work's been pressured and I can't do that. Ever heard that sort of conversation with some people? And they're going through midlife crises and all those sort of things. And, and I said, everything I've wanted to do, I've done. Like I've, I've travelled, I've seen you do amazing things through us in ministry. I've, I've, um, uh, I've met famous people like Jay and Chad and, and all, this, all this sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm going through this, like having this sort of picture of my life and all, all the incredible things that God has privileged us to be able to live. And I, and I, went, I went, God, I'm 46. 
I've still got quite a few years to go. What, what, am, what am I going to do? You know, like, do I just go surfing? Um, do, we just, do we just hang out? I'm not going to do a lot more of what I've already done, but I've got nothing glaringly obvious to go, you know, I've now got to get my teeth into the next thing. And uh, God, in His wisdom, spoke to me in our language, which is sarcasm. And, he, and I could almost hear Him clapping where He said, well, good for you. <laughs> and I went, that's an interesting response. I'm waiting for the rest of it. And he said, so you've got to do all this stuff. You've got to influence the lives of... Uh, you've got to do all this stuff which is all about you. He said, why don't you spend the rest of your life helping others fulfill their dreams? And I went, I can do that. And so when I met Jesus, I didn't know it at the time, but I made a declaration to him which included, I'm covenanting myself with others. And what that means is, as in my marriage, in a covenant, you make a declaration before God and before other witnesses that says, this is what I'm going to do. And part of that covenant is, I'm going to help you fulfill your end of the bargain. Okay? It's not a contract where we go, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. If anybody breaks it, it's over, we're walking away. No, it's, I'm going to do whatever it is required to help you fulfill your end of the bargain and I'm inviting you and the witnesses and God to do whatever it is that I need to do to help me fulfill my end of the bargain, okay? It is a much greater and a much effect, more effective thing than just the contract. And so my commitment to you is, is, even in these times of uncertainty, which there is, is to encourage you and to empower you to be the best you that you can be in this particular time, all right? Because that's what we are here for. Guarantee you, on your own, you will, if, you, if you separate, and I watch people do this from the local church, they, they separate themselves because of offense or whatever it is, hurt, rejection, abuse. Um, but, but I watch them, they get into negativity, their conversation goes into negativity, their lives go into negativity, and they become ineffective in the area of the kingdom realm. And so I've made a commitment that I will never do that. Well, if I do, I'll repent and I'll come back into a place where we can, where we can be in that. And so, so because, because without each other in this covenant, we'll never fulfill the purposes that God has placed us here on this planet. Amen? And what I'd like to do this morning is just pray. Maybe there are some of you. If you could just close your eyes. Bow your head uh, if that helps you at all. Um, if there are some of you that for some reason have just been holding back in the area of relationship, you like to slip into church and slip out again and go, it's between me and God and it's all good. Well, I want to challenge that concept because it's not between, just between you and God. There is an element of that, but the reality is, is when you accepted Jesus, you accepted His, his body, which is us, as imperfect as we are. And I just want to ask that you would... Get together with God today during the week and go, okay, God, areas of my life, what do I need to hear you on and to make some adjustment? Okay? And so, Heavenly Father, I pray for people in this room that are in that place, that you, by your sovereign grace, your amazing love, your care, 
your capacity to be able to woo us and draw us into that amazing relationship with you would also bring healing, adjustment, bring down mindsets which may be unhelpful to be able to empower people, to be able to more, be more effective in this area of, of engaging with others. And I ask that in Jesus' name. And also I want to pray this, Lord God, that there would be dynamic connections that would happen within this local church, both with members in the church, but also with people from outside, that there will be dynamic connections where this, this principle of imitate me as I imitate Christ can be, can be, um, can be escalated where people's lives that need unlocking in the area of certain areas of their gifting can find others that are just a little bit further on in their journey, that those aspects of their life can be, can be awakened and can be, can be developed so that, so that those people can be more perspective in those things that you have, you have placed within them. Father, whether it be within the context of this local church or whether it be people in this church engaging with those from outside, whether they are believers or not, Father, that is regardless of, of where that happens. That's, that's in your care. But Father, that you would empower people in this room to recognize that they have the capacity to be fruitful and to multiply the gifts that you've placed within them. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for wisdom over this next little while as the world is in uncertainty. That, Father, that we can be that pillar of peace and that, 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 uh, that witness that stands the test of time that says we will not be moved, we will not be shaken. We're not going to respond to fear and anxiety. We're going to respond to what God has said, be who God has created us to be, continue to love, continue to encourage, continue to be full of overwhelming joy so that others will marvel at that thing that you have placed within us. Let us be like Paul says, I've learned the secret of being content, whether hungry or well-fed, whether in plenty or in want, because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And part of that contentment is you've placed us in a local community who loves us for who we are and empowers us to be all that we can be. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I trust that's helpful. Um, I hand back to Jay. Hey. You know, I have to say thank you to Stephen Alona publicly. These guys, um, over the years, have called out the best in us time and time again in Chad and I. And, uh, you know, it's because of friends like this that we can continue to do what we do week by week and day by day. And I'm sure that you guys are that for each other within this community. And um, I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Keep calling out the best in each other, even when you see them on their bad days. These guys have seen us on our bad days. And they still see us as the great people that God created us to be. They've seen us on our bad days. And yet they still see the good in us. 
and they call it out. And you need friends like that. This week, in the weeks to come, I want us to be a people who don't just look inwardly and protect ourselves and our own needs. We are a community that is called to rise up and to overflow. And, you know, Psalm 91, I think that should be one that many of us meditate over and just remember that we have an abundant God. So this week, I want you to be really strategic in your thinking. At the start of the day, ask God, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? Can I adopt my street and look after my street? Can I go down and spend my money at cafes and local pubs and local restaurants so that they keep going? Like, strategically think through how you can support your community. With words, yes, but also with our finances, with our presence, keeping contact with people. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks and and I don't want to predict anything, but what I do want to say is let us be a community in the midst of whatever goes on. Let us be the shining light. Let us continue to speak words of hope, peace, and just joy. Joy over the situation. I I love it. The best thing that I've seen come out of Italy is that um, Facebook thread that is going around where people are just singing out of their windows. It's not the worst thing to be in isolation. (laughs) But it is. So we're going to remain a community, okay? We're going to be the ones who continue to hand out meals. We're going to be the ones that continue to be present. I encourage you, be that person. And then into our togetherness, it will have a great effect. We're cool with that? You guys are awesome. We love you. Have a coffee with us and have an awesome week, all right? Love you. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.